ladies and gentlemen. Pay attention. This is your boy, the coach from the WWE. I would like to welcome you to the very first wrestling podcast in the world to take you on a weekly deep dive in the classic matches along with legends of the squared circle. Enjoy the discussion. Enjoy the back and forth. There's so much to get into. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Payoff. Welcome to an all-new episode of The Payoff. Jeff, we're covering Doink the Clown. What better to celebrate the, the the first episode of 200 after, you know, number 200, 201, you know, who doesn't want to talk our first doink match and, you know, who doesn't want to talk about Marty Jannetty? Absolutely. We're talking doink. We're talking Marty Jannetty. We're in Poughkeepsie, New York, in what looks like a, a convention center. I mean, they're calling it a civic center, but I mean, it's... <laughs> Uh, it, it, it looks like the like banquet hall attached to a hotel. That's that's what it looks like if you've looked at the picture of it. Yep. And here and here we are, thirty years later, and the number two promotion in the United States is filling Wembley Stadium. Yep. <laughs> it, so, it, it, they're selling out the Hudson Civic Center. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, it, what's funny is like in 1993, if yeah, you know, keep in mind, you know, Vince Vince steroid trial, WCW's barely doing anything, WWF's, you know, running high school gyms. If if you had told someone, hey, you know, pro wrestling really won't be around in 30 years, you'd completely believe it. But God, oh, man, yeah. But but now it's like, oh no, well, this promotion's worth nine billion. And there's another promotion that's filling stadiums. And I mean, the TV rights are hundreds of millions of dollars. I mean, at this point, they were begging USA Network for airtime. So man, it's just it, it's just crazy to see the evolution of things. Absolutely. Yeah, this is an exciting one. I'm I'm excited to talk about it. This is one that uh I've actually had it on our list for a while, as as our longtime listeners know, or even if you this is your first one, Tom, huge Martinetti Martin. So uh, you know, just uh, you know, so doing this, and this was one that when we were looking at different lists and I was trying to map out what was happening, like it just for whatever reason it kept popping up. And I don't know why, but it was just one of those where like, hey, this was a really good raw match. And so um it's a it, I would say it's a fairly long match as well, too, compared to uh, especially not even stuff on this card, but also the stuff you were seeing on weekly TV at this point. So, um, you know, a good background on Dink as well, too, and we get into it. But this is one where, yeah, you know, why not type thing. So, yeah. Love it. Love it. Well, let's get into the build. Oh, it's time for the build. So. You know, this was that era where, man, these these raws were just really fun. Like you can go back in the network and just watch one, and it takes forty five minutes, and the matches aren't that long. And it's like, oh, there's a short match, and then there's an interview, and then there's a skit, and it's like it just that the cadence of these raws, I just thought moved so well you could probably say the same about the you know early nitros i guess that would have been like 95 but you know an hour wrestling show 
you know, we don't have many hour wrestling shows. I mean, even you say about NXT and it's like, oh, well, NXT is two hours now with commercials and Raw is three hours. It's just an hour long wrestling show is just so fun. And I don't know if we'll ever, you know, at least not uh, in the WWF ever, ever see it again, but really, really fun. So just, I mean, this is a great example, right? So this is June 21st, 1993, Poughkeepsie, New York. And like, look at what happens on this show. You have the Steiner brothers uh, winning a squash match in three minutes and 50 seconds. That's fun. You have this match that it's going to go 20 minutes, so a, a really good wrestling match. Mr. Hughes wins a uh, squash match against Bobby Who in three minutes. And then you had Razor Ramon and the one, two, three kid. Um, they're going to go to a double count out, but you know, they're they're continuing that whole storyline. So, like that's a really fun show. And um, but but I, I'm curious because dude, we like never saw best of three matches in this era. I mean, there were a few here and there, but it's not like some device they went to on a regular basis. Even to this day, we don't see many two out of three fall matches. Mm-hmm. So how do we get to this? Uh yeah, <laughs> Marty Janetti best of three match. Yeah, and, and so this is one where I'll start the on the background. Um uh, uh doink doink was uh at the time uh, well bruce pritchard has said that um it was actually the road warrior hawk that came up with the idea for like the the joker type you know miserable clown character um who knows that they, you know that's i would believe kind of bruce on this one of where it came from and, and all of that but um it was actually he wasn't a wrestler at first in regards to when he made his debut he would, I kind of compare it to like the, the guy you see the videos at like SeaWorld with like the clown that's just kind of like walking in front of like the tank before like the show to kind of engage with the crowd. That was a little bit of what he was doing is he would interact with the crowd at ringside. He would kind of play tricks on, on not only fans, but other wrestlers as well, too. And so while he made his, I say, debut in late 1992, um, it wasn't actually until really 1993 the following year but later where he made his in-ring debut he did i say debut as a heel uh kind of being the mean clown type character um if we all remember he had a mash with crush it was wrestlemania 9 this is you had the identical don't as well to show up at that one from underneath the ring something to remember while we're watching this match um he also had uh a uh, a match against Bret Hart at SummerSlam in 1993. Like, so there was things happening for him, but it was, he was not obviously top of the card. It was really a character gimmick. This is very much in the heart of like, if you had a job that was like a little bit different, you know, or a specialized job, which clown is that you could get a job in the WWE as a wrestler. So, um, Really interesting. So, you know, not a ton on Doink at this point, other than that. Now, Janetti at this point, on the flip side, it was barely a month uh, prior to this that he came back challenging Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental Championship. Of course, as we we've been over the story multiple times, but appearing out of the crowd um, when uh, Shawn was being interviewed by Vince, you know, after Shawn said he would defend the title against anyone, we know that there's the back and forth there. Um, you know, Janetti winning it, he did have title defense here and there, but losing it 
prior or he had lost it prior to this match with Doink. Uh, it was, uh, you know, the non-televised match, uh, Diesel debuting, all of that. You know, we know that story as well, too. And so um, I know the background on there. But, you know, it was really after he lost that championship back to Michaels. This was his first feud after that. And so it's funny they, we all know that big storyline and we've we've talked about it a little bit before but like how many people go back and watch the aftermath match of like this incredible story between Janetti and Michaels after Janetti came back it's like we are today like that's what we're doing and so they're really like I actually tried digging quite a bit to try and figure out why that it was two out of three falls they're really like other than it just was I I couldn't really find like hey here's the rationale behind it after we watch the match, I have some reasoning for why this was the case. But, um, you know, up until this point, we really didn't know what the deal was or why it wasn't too. But I'm, I, I think you make a good point. Like, this wasn't happening on weekly TV much. Like, even like, you know, your main event with Razor and 123, who were pretty deep in a feud, were doing five minutes. Minutes. And so to have a 20 minute best threes out of fall or three or two out of three is pretty impressive, actually. Yeah, the only thing I can think is they needed to fill 20 minutes of TV time and they figured three falls would be, you know, more um, more action than just yeah. one fall. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah, the, it, I think it will reveal itself during the match. I think you're, you are right in that sense, but I think there were some limitations as well, too, on uh, certain wrestlers in the ring as well. So, yeah. All right. You ready for this one? I, I don't know. I'm not going to lie. I don't know what we're getting into here, but I am I pretty either. excited. I've had this one. Uh, I've had this one on the list for a while, so I, I'm ready, my friend. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm really looking forward to this one, too. I, you and I uh, agree on that. So this will be a lot of fun. All right. So nine minutes of season one, episode 22 of Raw on Peacock, June 21st, 1993. Nine minute mark. Jeff, are you ready? I am ready. All right. It's time for the payoff. Oh, it's time for the payoff. The music, hell yeah. Earl Hebner, referee. Gordon Genetti's ready for this one, and he realizes it's two out of three balls. I predict he's going to beat him two straight. All right, so Vince speculating what's under the ring. Marty in his classic rockers gear, doink looking like doink. Mm. You know, yeah, that's Vincent Savage on commentary. Yep. Yep. And Vince, the, the thing you have to respect about doink is, you know, he's, he's that rare breed that really could work well as both a baby face and a heel. Mm-hmm. So when I think of guys that just were incredible baby faces and heel. I, I think about Hulk Hogan uh, and I think about Doink the Clown. Of course. Who doesn't? Like, I, I would, I'm actually surprised like you didn't put him above Hulk like that. You know, that's just a, a class of his own. Absolutely. So but I, I um, do think that's a kind of an over again. You, you look at, you know, I, I think that you know, most guys in their career work both as a baby face and a heel. I think yep. some of the class examples are Ted DiBiase was always a heel. Uh, Ricky Steamboat was always a baby face. You know, you, right. have, you have some of those examples. But for the most part, everyone works as both a baby face and a heel throughout their entire career. What's yep. interesting is how many of them 
were world class at both. Yeah. So like Ric Flair, world class heel, but was he really ever a great baby face? No. No. Yep. Okay. Um, you know, Steve Austin, was he ever a great heel? Eh, not not really. I mean, he was a great baby face. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so even some of the all-time greats, you know. Uh, you know, I think The Rock did both really well. I think Shawn Michaels did both really well. I think, you know, arguably the best example ever is Hulk Hogan because he was one of, if not the biggest baby faces ever, but he was also one of the hottest heels ever, right? So like, oh, that's, the that's, big, biggest heel turn ever. Yeah, yeah. So like, like give him a notch there of like, you know, one of the things that just makes him like the you know greatest or one of the greatest of all time is the fact that he was both one of the best baby faces and best heels ever right so like i, I just yep, think there's totally. not there's just not a lot of guys that you can you can truly say that about even on the mount rushmore uh you know roman reigns incredible yeah. heel but what, yep. he's never he's never been a great baby now could that happen yes like do i think that roman reigns at some point, and it might be a year from now, it might be three years from now, could he be a mega baby face? Yes. Of course, with him, I wonder, is that ever going to happen or is he going to be like a part-timer soon? I, I mean, well, I, it, yep. I, I think Roman Reigns, I mean, I, I think it, I think at some point sooner than later, he, I, I mean, I know he already is a part-timer, but I'm talking like a Hollywood part-timer. Like that that day may not be that far behind. He, I don't, he, he I don't think it is, yeah. The money. He certainly doesn't need the money. So, you know, is he going to be a full-time baby face for a few years? Uh, probably not. I don't see it happening. And it, I, I think like someone like Cena, I think that we will see Roman get in that category of, you know, is he, isn't he? But I think he will be on the other side of the coin. Like he will be on a heel or he will be a heel, but we'll never really see him make a true baby face turn. I, I'm with you. I think like I was thinking of like, and a lot of people like, uh, while they are very, you're right. There's a lot of back and forth, but some like one, the crowd rejects very hard. Some of these people, when they try and make the opposite turn, I think like someone like Seth Rollins right now is probably one of the better both lanes, but he could do anything as either heel or a baby face. But then I think someone like Charlotte, like, she is not well received as a baby face and she doesn't like being a baby. Like she has come out and said she doesn't like it. And so I, I feel like that's very much like part of it as well, too, of like part of it is like and good for them. Like they are, she is just built as a heel, like have her be that forever. And I'm perfectly fine with that. And so, and this is where you start getting this. They, they push it on us as we don't like it. I think that's part of why Roman didn't like you figure what five years ago, like, Boy, nobody liked him as the champ and where he was as a baby face. But now that he's a heel, man, like, yeah, he's going to hold that championship belt for like, like now we are in Bruno Sammartino territory of how long is he going to hold it? It's going to be a long time. Like he is not going to lose it. And we've seen a lot of this Triple H once very long title reigns. And I think that's where what we're about to see. So, um well, and, and I mean, that's something that I feel like we've begged for forever was yep. give yep. me long title reigns. You know what I mean? So give me a long, um, give me a long IC title reign. Give me a long world title. Reign. Like, please give me that. And yep. Gosh, I'm getting it. Yeah. A lot of them right now. I mean, you, you, you 
go, oh my goodness, you know, Bianca, year-long title. Gee, where did that come from? So, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I really like that. You got, Marty's actually working pretty smart here. I, I enjoyed, I don't know if you saw the move where he did like a, a springboard kick flip to Doink and then Doink tried doing the same thing, but Marty did a great job of reversing it, kind of like stopping short and then kind of dropping a knee on Doink. And so he is uh, tossing Doink anybody, around though. But had I seen somebody, it could have been him. And imagine Razor Ramon waiting in the wings. He is seething. Razor Ramon, humility. Oh, so good. Yep. It, it looks like great too. Here. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I've said it before, but like, you know, if if Marty had had his head on straight a little bit more, what could have been? Um, mm. Yeah, it's kind of a it, it, it. There's there's two sides of it, right? So one side is well, you know, he never gave himself a chance because of you know his behavior and and not being able to be counted on. At the yeah. same time, you know, you're kind of set up for failure when you know, you keep the look and music of the tag team, even though the other guy put you through a barbershop window. Yeah. So in other words, I mean, it just, he he just always looked lesser than. It's like Sean's got the new music and the better look and the IC title and the manager, you know, that that's a much different package than, oh, this guy's going to come out to Rocker's music and still wear his gear, even though his partner turned on him. It just, mm-hmm. it, it, you know, so it's a, it's interesting, like what, what could have been, but again, you know, not certainly not the strongest promo, but it would have been fun to see a, a little bit of a different packaging of Marty. You know, what could they have done with him? What kind of gimmick could he have gotten? Um, but it's not like they were cranking out great gimmicks at that point. <laughs> right. Yeah, <laughs> so, exactly. So it looks like Doink's going for the whoopee cushion. Yep. Here we go. Up in the top oh, got row. it. First fall, who would have thought? I guess horseback riding's out this weekend. And so, as a reminder, the whoopee cushion, I I don't even know how to describe it, but you jump off the top rope and land on the guy's throat by sitting there. It's kind of an impressive move. It's like the bonsai drop almost. It's got to hurt like hell. Like, you know, you can't stop your momentum on that. And so he's coming down with everything on Marty. So, uh, but yeah, who would like first fall to doink on that one? I doink up one nothing. Got to go two and zero. Oh. Yeah, you got to you got to root for the underdog at this point. Like, yeah, I'd hope that Marty. So, yeah. Um, the knock the knock on best of three matches is that there's the predictability of, hey, there's always going to be, you know, one guy wins one, the other guy wins the other. Yeah. Um, well. We've talked about this in the past, like the you know total falls where it's like six to seven, or you know they, they it, anymore. It's these huge numbers. Like you don't get the Brett Sean one zero in overtime anymore. I'm with you. Like yeah, you, either you're going for super big numbers or you're only getting this like you know you got to go to overtime and have it be a thing, and so it's really tough to. To, to play that out so yeah it, it's i like the gimmick but you know how do you fix it i don't know oh doink going to the top rope i did not expect doink. he's flying to the outside here there's a double axe no! handle yep unbelievable maneuver not only that but he just stole my move <laughs> yes he did <laughs> a great line yeah that's a very good line so, pulled up a uh a list of best three best Two of three fall matches in history. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, number number one is there's an Okada Omega uh, match, yeah, June yeah, of that 2018. Makes sense. Okay, yep. 
Um, we have Cole Gargano um, at NXT New York in 2019. That was really good. Yep, I remember that. Uh, Triple H and Steve Austin, No Way Out 2001. Okay. FTR and the Briscoes. Uh, gosh, this was just uh, July of 2022. Yep. Uh, that was a Ring of Honor match. Um, Steamboat Flair in 89. Sheamus Daniel Bryan in 2012. Danielson, Austin Aries, uh, Ring of Honor in 2004. Benoit Angle at Judgment Day 2001. Guerrero Malenko on ECW TV. That would be a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, Benoit Jericho match at SummerSlam 2000. So, uh, you know, variety of them. I, I guess, you know, what are what are your thoughts on the best of three concept? Yeah, I, like I said, I like it. I think it's one where, especially for... It's got to be used in the appropriate storytelling format. I think that this, I, I think like Hell in the Cell, like to just do a Hell in the Cell doesn't make a ton of sense. I think you got to find a way to like give stakes to it. Like this, like, okay, they had a little bit of a feud, but it really like two out of three doesn't make a ton of sense. Like, um, I think that like how you can tell that story though is difficult because, okay, you, part of it is like you know 50 50 booking like you know you're already setting it up to look like that's what you're trying to do um so that's difficult like if you need to have a mat where maybe they've had a long feud and you need some you know something to to demonstrate hey they're gonna go all out and have a, a 30 minute two out of three falls and see what happens i think that that you know that's one way to do it. but i think it's all the storytelling i think that's the biggest thing of oh don't look at like uh look a little off so i it, how they kind of find that is, I think, the best way to approach this, and how they're telling the story. So, Doink, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, Doink is uh, at this point, like, so didn't want to spoil it ahead of time. Uh, Doink is struggling at this point in the match. To he's winded, you can tell. There's just a lot happening. Um, where he's Going moving a little slow, like even Janetti kind of bumped him a little bit hard and he kind of stumbled a little bit. And so, yeah, Doink's just trying to really, like, I know he's, he's selling here, but he's struggling. Oh, big super oh. kick. He's out. He's out. Cold. One. Will he get him? No. I can't believe. That was actually a really good sell on the super kick. It was. Yeah. He, he took about four steps kind of like back. Stumbled. Yeah. Yeah. Stumbled back. I, you know, I, I I just that's kind of a lost art right now is like just taking different types of bumps. Like not everybody needs to bump the same and every move needs to look the same. Like I like when guys take different types of bumps to the same uh move. Like the Marty on top. Oh, Fall two, yep. Yeah, I feel like I was just recently I read again and you and I talk about this. It's that some wrestler comes out and says the NXT is training them all the same way. Like we, we, you and I hear this, like, and so how they're taking bumps. I feel like we are seeing some different stuff down there. I, I am actually, I have been impressed. Uh, I've been watching at least more clips or having NXT on, on in the background a little bit more that like, there is a lot more different moves coming out of there. So I mean, I am very interested to see what the future of some of those things look like. Um, but at the same time, like, yeah, it is. And we, you and I've had this gripe too. Like they're all being trained the same way. And so, you know, they're, they're, a lot of it is always going to look very similar. Well, trained the same way physically, trained the same way to deliver promos, 
look the same. I mean, everything, you know, and it's like, that's the beauty of the old territory days is you had guys that were, you know, roided up monsters and you had guys that weren't even really gym guys that didn't have the greatest physiques and were going bald. And you had guys with crazy ass gimmicks and you just had this variety show, you know, what I don't want is I don't want to turn on raw and go, Oh, there's one uh, guy that's six, four and has long black greasy hair. And he's wrestling another guy that's six, four with long black greasy hair. And they both do the same moves and they both wear similar tights. I mean, it, that's not enjoyable. What's enjoyable is the contrast of Hulk Hogan and the ultimate warrior, tall mm-hmm. guy, short guy, jacked up guy. And, you know, Kevin Owens, right. I mean, you, you like that variety. And I think that those contrasts are what make matches. And it doesn't always work. Sometimes guys don't mix, but you know, that, that's what I, that's what I prefer. I'll tell yeah, you, another, go ahead. I'll, say, I'll tell you another device that I don't know why we don't really ever see is the best of seven series. Um, I, I, you know, the only two that come to mind and I know there's probably been others, but like there was the Seamus and was it, who did, who did Seamus? Yeah, they had that. uh, It wasn't true, was it? And then they became tag team partners. Who was that? I'm looking it up real quick. Okay. Yeah. So there was that one. There was the old Benoit um, Booker T one. It was, it was was Seamus and Cesaro. Back that's in 2016. Yeah, and then they became tag team part. Like, I, I just think that's like such a, I mean, with the amount of TV you have to produce, why not a best of seven series with two guys that are in a feud? And I know it's yeah. not for everyone and you have to do different types of matches and all that, but like, you're telling me there aren't guys on the roster where, you know, hey, whether it's a tag team or it's a, um, or it's a singles, but but I just think that's a really fun thing to do. You can kill two months, three months of television going back and forth doing those matches. Yeah, I, I think that like I, I think we will start to see more of it with Triple H too. But I think I say some of these more gimmicked matches. Uh, I, I hope to see more tournaments. I hope to see more. Um, you know, uh, it's interesting with, you know, him when he introduced the the new belt, you know, there were so many, there were so many what ifs that came out after that. And like immediately, I remember like that night, whatever it was, like even like, you know, Finn Balor, who hadn't been in the picture for a long time, you know, just standing next to it makes you question it, um, you know, and like, you know, then and you've got to factor in the judgment day. Like, is he going to leave the judgment day to do that? Like, it's just, there's all these things that kind of, that you know, play into that when you start thinking about it. Same with like a tournament like granted you have to do something with it after the fact you can't just have it be you know shit on and nothing comes of it we all forget about it but like i think that there's a lot of opportunity there too just to to have us see kind of what's happening what's going on like yeah it's just it's very interesting so yeah how many guys have used the doink gimmick uh three maybe four there's a few different answers to this Okay. Your your range is anywhere from like seven to ten. So Matt Bourne, I'm sorry, Matt Osborne was the original doink. Yes. Okay. Steve Kern was the doink at WrestleMania nine and occasionally used his doink. Okay. Steve Lombardi, the Brooklyn Brawler, was occasionally used his doink. Dusty okay. Wolf 
is a gentleman who wrestled his doink in NWA Kansas and Wrecking Ball Wrestling versus Matt Bourne. Okay. Ray Apollo was the full-time doink after Matt Osborne left. Okay. Mark Starr wrestled uh, as doink one time at the National Wrestling Conference in 1994. He wrestled against Greg Valentine, of course. Are we up to eight at this point? I think, like, yeah. yeah number is seven great. is Nick Dinsmore, Eugene. Yep, yep. Wrestled a SmackDown match as Doink against Chris Benoit. Now, for storyline purposes, Jeff Jarrett once dressed up as Doink to pull a prank. Oh, here comes here comes another Doink. Uh, just entered underneath the ring. Men on a mission. Uh, and the Bushwhackers wrestled as the four Doinks at 1993 Survivor Series. And Chris I Jericho, I, I don't have that match on our list, unfortunately. <laughs> Chris Jericho took on the persona of Doink in order to perform an ambush on William Regal. Okay, so there you go. Okay, so second Doink under the ring. Marty's looking. On the other side, he's trying to tell the official. The official is counting. Oh, oh he just uh, kicked the uh, field goal with Janetti's uh, head as the football. Well, that was a hard kick, yeah. So, yeah, it, it, in, if you there was a uh, if you couldn't tell at home if you're not watching the match, there was a doink switch at some point here as well too. Uh, of a new doink has taken over, and this is why I think the they had to do the best two out of three is because well, the new the new doink is still underneath the ring, correct? Uh, I, uh, it's gotta be the, yeah, that's gotta be the Link replacement. in the ring has yes. no makeup on. Yes. So it's gotta be yeah, the replacement. Okay. Now he's going out of the ring. To the outside. I think Doink's whole momentum took him to the outside. He's just ducking and dodging right now. Now we got psychological warfare with physical intimidation. Doink yep. declined on the outside. Okay. Oh, Doink there he goes under the, the ring. Wait a minute. Oh, the Oh, that's the old trick. Crawl through the other Here side. He comes. He's going to come out the other side for sure. He's going to come out the other side. Genetti, too smart for that. There's one losing. guarantee in life that are no guarantees. Wait a minute. No. No. Hey. Back on this side. Back on this side. Turn no, around. Marty. No, Marty. Turn around. Yeah. Little baby Genetti. Playing possum. Genetti hammering away. This doink's still missing. Is Nate. that the same doink or not? I think Take this is the first it. doink, I believe. Yeah. This is outside. That is the same doink because look at the paint right there. Oh, oh, we're back under the ring again. Now we get another one. Okay. Hey, check the paint. I think, I think the doink was was pu was pulled under the ring by. Yeah, that's definitely the new doink because you've got all the face paint. Yep. Paint smeared. I can see cover. it. One, two, no, no. A kick out by Janetti. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, don't get him. Get him. Against all odds, Janetti kicks out. Man, great commentary. Your great commentary. Like, oh, quick oh, little small man, cradle. Small yeah. package. And a doink, the new doink refreshed. He's up quickly. Yep. So we're working with a different doink at this point, too. Is, is Janetti trying to get the. Uh, Trying to get the third fall here. Great commentary there as that was happening. That's good stuff. Good storytelling. Yep. 
Uh, Doink was once the Allied Powers Wrestling Federation champion. Is that his only uh, championship reign? He was also a International Wrestling Association United States heavyweight champion. Okay. Oh, oh. I was on, is that it? it? Kick out. Doink with the dub. Here is your winner. Wait a minute. Randy Savage is in the ring. Randy Savage is talking to the official. Randy Savage. Randy Savage is taking matters into his own hands. Yes, he's going after the dog. He's got the other one. Yep. But there's two dogs. Savage can't do that. Wow. Wow. I don't see. Yeah, there you go. Fans go wild. Macho Marty Hunter. What a matchup. What else is going to happen tonight on Monday Night Everybody on their feet for Marty, man. Place going nuts. I know. All right. Let's get into the aftermath oh it's time for the aftermath well i gotta tell you man that was fun i got a few fun thoughts here i think one i i have to give props for props are due to marty like very hard to do it nowadays but like it's got to be super tough to be wrestling one person and then all of a sudden be wrestling somebody else. I get that it wasn't like, you know, for very long, but different body, like just the way they react like you got to be really smart to, to, to have a match of that style because otherwise like you're really going to be struggling. And so I think, you know, credit where credit's due. He did a, a very good job there of, adjusting to, to somebody new and it made for a really great match uh, also as well too when was the last time we saw a referee reversal on a call like i think like, it's a lost uh, really gimmick of kind of you know something that should happen sometimes yes you know it does and i you know i'm sure that you know the, you know, the internet can let me know because it's probably more recently than i remember but it, it was a big deal back then like you know to have the, rever the the reversal of a call or something like that and so i think that that was just really interesting so but i was uh very i was super entertained by marty more than anything yeah i i thought it was good you know it's funny man it's like randy savage like they couldn't have found something better for him to do than you know being yeah. involved in this story come on oh I, I think he actually wrestled and beat doink at one point I, you may cover that but i so it's just oh man like come on like, we, yeah. can't, we can't do anything better with him yeah, so. it's upsetting. But so what yeah. do I add up? Yeah, on this one, you actually had uh Doink, his part the part of his storyline here was um it was actually uh feuding with Jerry the King Lawler at this point. And like you said as well too, the original Doink, Matt Bourne, 
uh, you know, uh, like I say getting fired. It was it, the story that's out there was like kind of drugs and things like that, which at this time, not surprising, but, um, and then Ray Apollo taking over the role as that one. You also had Dink coming into the picture as well too. And this is as well too, less of a heel and more of just like a kind of comic relief character, things like that. And so, but you know, uh, eventually it was Doink and Dink battling, uh, in a loss, unfortunately against Bam Bam Bigelow and Luna, Luna Vachon uh, at WrestleMania 10. So, yeah, great, whatever. So, um, Gennetti, though, on the flip side on this one, it was actually him and One Two Three Kid, the main event of this show, uh, actually winning the. Um, they won their Survivor Series matches and then ended up winning the tag titles, the two of them from the Quebecers. That would have been January, so about six months later. Uh, they lost them. It was a non-televised match at Madison Square Garden, um, you know, clips of it and things like that. And so, but then in the, um, you had him injuring. Uh, it was the lead up to WrestleMania 10 as well, too, with the, the injuring of Chuck Austin. Um, you know, nothing, don't really know the full story of kind of what happened there but Gennetti really kind of disappearing until a few years later and showing up in extreme or ECW so yeah just um yeah so in this feud obviously not really going anywhere so um Doink Doink, did you do you did you see by the way what Doink was uh ranked in PWI in 19 I I have the PWI for you and one Marty Gennetti is number 13 which not surprising but Doink one shy of breaking the top 25 wrestlers of 1993 coming in at number 26 in 1993. And so uh, just crazy to think about that. And so there was not the stars given to this because it was just a Monday night raw, but it said uh, doink beating Marty Jannetty two falls to one. When a fresh second doink took over during the final fall for the exhausted doink one after the match announcer, Savage pulled the first doink out from under the ring, revealing that there had indeed been two doinks. So, um, this is what I, I I'll give my score first on this one. Just, you know, why not? This is, I was sports entertained. Like it is not, you know, no. Is it a 10 star match? No, but you know, I'm going to give it a six. It was perfectly fine. Like I, you know, there was nothing wrong with it. In my opinion, I think maybe even a 6.5 because of Marty's performance. He actually did look pretty good. Like he was out there working really hard. Um, but yeah, I, this is one where I, 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 I enjoyed it. I'm glad we covered it. Cause it was, it was just a fun match. That's really what it boils down to. Yeah. Well, I'm giving this a five, but it was a really, really fun five. Like it's not nothing wrong. I'm like, yeah, that was, that was fun. Like, yeah. Yeah. Savage and Heenan and, and McMahon on commentary, the switch, good match, Marty, crowd was into it. Uh, yeah, fun raw. Got nothing wrong with that, man. I I enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. So good stuff. All right. Uh, I want to remind everyone, of course, to uh, our sponsors on the show here at the payoff. Don't forget about manscaped.com, all kinds of that new stuff. Summer months now, it's time. Uh, look your best, got to clean yourself up, whatever you need, whether it's your balls, whether it's your face, whether it's just who knows, like make sure that you're using our promo code. It's just payoff, getting you 20% off free shipping. Everything that you put in your cart, you're getting 20% off of free shipping. So make sure that you're using that to better, you know, a little bit better than what you might get uh, for just kind of entering your email and stuff like that. And then of course, true classic tees, whatever you're looking for, maybe you're looking for something to be a little bit cooler during the summer months. I always enjoy that as well too. 
uh, make sure to check out all of their different gear, shorts, kind of, you know, like your workout type stuff, whatever you're looking for, they've got it. And that's payoff two five, payoff twenty five, trueclassic.com. Make sure you're getting any of their great gear. So yeah. So Tom, let's uh, I think you and I are leaving happy. Let's send all of our listeners home happy as well, too. Yeah, this was this was fun, man. I enjoyed it. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed it as well. Next week we have a, as the kids like to say, a real banger. Uh, yes. AO, John Cena, Money in the Bank 2015. This was an awesome match. Just an awesome feud, actually. Yeah. Uh, I'm really looking forward to that one. So a lot of fun. Uh, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next week on an all-new episode of The Payoff.